This is season two of the Fly Fishing Podcast. Thanks for downloading. Well, I'm down on the river, and I've just taken my first fish. I came down this morning. It's lovely and sunny. Um, a few mayflies coming off, and uh, for my American listeners, that is a, a particular fly over here. It's not a sort of ubiquitous covering of uh, different flies. It's um, one fly tends to happen at the end of May, mid to end of May. Um, and I saw a fish rise to just something which was dropping down. There's a kingfisher just going across the river there. Very tight underneath uh, some trees. I had known there's been some fish along here for some time. Um, but I wanted to try the hawthorn fly, my detached body hawthorn. And I uh, just got it off into the vegetation on the bank. Just fell down and the fish rose nicely. I just had a one pound fish which we stocked at the beginning of the season and I'm standing here and watching um, fish move about just about well, five foot in front of me and I'm going to head down back down the river um, and see if we can get another cast over them see if we can get a bit more action the other thing which is notable at this time of year considering we've had such a cold start to it is We've got a lot of daddies about. Um, apparently last year was ideal conditions for them. So it's worth having those in your armoury today. Ready to go. Nice big morsel. Um, as well as a mayfly imitation. Hawthorns. And the olives. Now the olive has been the fly which has been doing the business from the beginning of the year. Um, very cold weather. Very, very grey. Little rain. Um, but we've had periods of hail even snow as well and the olive pond olive blue winged olive, dark olives are a fly which will hatch off under those sorts of conditions and it's been the mainstay of my dry fly fishing this year Um, if the fish were going to come up for anything that was it and it's well worth having a look at my uh, posting the olive emerger, which is a little parachute hackle pattern which I've developed. Um, it's more to do with the hook, and I think also the trailing shuck helped a lot with that particular fly. But it's also quite prominent and easy to see, even the smaller sizes. And uh, the old whole fawn is still working. I've taken a couple more fish, only uh, quite small, these ones. It's good to see wild fish in the river. The wind's getting up a little, and since I've been last down, the ranunculus and the sweetgrass really have been growing. They are looking for some more open stretches of water um, where the trout may be lying, just to put my fly down on. I've also noticed there's a lot more mayfly coming off, so I've tr- i swapped to a, a dark mayfly pattern. I'm going to give that a whirl, see if, how that gets on. Well, I tried the mayfly. 
thought it was going to be an absolute killer, especially in the region where I knew there were some bigger fish. But very quickly found it wasn't working. So I swapped back onto my dry hawthorn imitation, the detached bodied one, and very quickly had uh, another three good fish. Two out of a corner on the bend, and then one out of a little bit of pocket in amongst the ranunculus. Having had a good day, I thought, caught it quits and come back to the podcast for the next segment. So here it is. Well, welcome back to Fly Fishing Podcast. I've come down to the river again um, for another segment of uh, this month's podcast. I've just taken my first trout. The section I've been fishing for oh, about a month now. Um, now, I know there's trout in it. I've stopped fishing here. It's the first time I stopped them. I've always felt it looked good. It needed people coming in here. Um, there's bits of fly life coming off like little sedges. Hawthorns have been down here. And it's probably the most unpoached section we've got. So I wanted to see how it, how it went at the beginning of the season. Some of the fish have stayed. Um, there's a lovely pool I'm in at the moment. It's uh, a shallow run. Reed beds at the top narrow it. And there's a sweep further up around the corner. I'll put a picture on the podcast for you and there's a big willow tree overshadowing then I get round the corner then there's a bunch of willow trees um, and I know there's fish lying underneath there because I took quite a few last time but there's a few wild fish in this section which is good those haven't gone um, but it's a lot quieter than I thought it would be and the way I took this last fish was on a pulled dry I'm fishing a, a black clink hammer sort of pattern um, it isn't my hawthorn fly it's one which I've just tied up on a curved hook so it hangs underneath so it looks like it's more drowned um, and one of my minor tactics is uh, I'm allowing it to drift and I'll give it a twitch which will give a bit of life that will sometimes think bring fish up sometimes I'll twitch it and it will sink under and pop back back up and I wait and on that weight, I had a swirl this time, and the fish was on. And it's important you don't strike at that swirl, you just tighten up and strike into it. Right, let's see how we get on further along the bank. Um, I had a good day so far. Well, I've just had my second fish, um, moments later really. I'm just trying to read the river in terms of where there might be a, a fish lying or where there might be a rise and um, I saw a little dimple up probably about 10 yards from where I took the last fish where I would expect to see one um, and I put the fly down and eventually got it into the right drift and zoom straight up it came so the very keen for it. Um, they're obviously triggering on black and uh, I'm very thankful I've gone for the setup I have. Um, I've gone for a longer leader. I've felt uh, over the last few days that leader length is probably important so I've got about um, 
or 14 foot leader with uh, a butt section which is a tapered butt section so it's five pounds straight through fluoro and using fulling mill which I like because it's stiff it is a bit um, lumpier thicker than other fluoros but I trust it is a good good fluorocarbon I can go down to three one pound if I want to a copolymer so it floats rather than sinking down and that's a Climax one um, I like Climax uh, fluoro more than anything else I've also used a copolymer line so I think they're think they're good if you need them. Um, tend to be thinner, uh, don't, uh, they do float which is a bit of a bit of issue every now and again but if you're fishing micros it's very good. I'm also just using a, a very very cheap rod, um, this is a Ron Thompson rod, a Nick uh, energetic Ron Thompson 7 foot 3 4 weight with a full weight line which I've been fishing for some time it's just a yellow mill end line I like the rod because it's stiff um, and setting a hook on some of these uh, browns first first couple of months of the year is quite difficult I tend to have bony mouths anyway we'll fish on see if we can get anything else um, take the progress a little bit more slowly I'll get another picture put in well I've come up the river a bit further, I've taken my first little wild brown trout which is great and now I've just come across a whole swarm of little black sedges, um, it's great these are out on the river and what's very typical about these things is they're out all day so from early morning into the evening. Um, I have seen some big red sedges about, uh, dusky sandy sedges um, but these are the little black ones um, and I've main so fishing here on the river um, so it may explain why my black emerger uh, has been working I've just seen a fish rise further up the river I've been looking underneath some trees here um, just at the bottom of the run there's usually some fish but uh, I haven't had anything come up um, so I'm going to go fish it through carefully it's quite a tricky pull with the trees hanging over for the back cast um, but you can work things out and uh, it looks like the fish are a bit further up this time whether I take uh, the same fly again or a variant in terms of this little black thing, I don't know. But I might switch on to some of my little black sedge imitations. But it's worth just filing away and back in mind that these are now out on the river. They'll be here for the rest of the year, really. Very, very um, ubiquitous fly. And they're also extremely small, so they're about a size 18, 20. Um, but you can fish a 16 and my little black magic fly is the one to go to look it up on the web well I've just come up the river again um, I fished the section I was talking about and I didn't get a, a fish out of it but I've um, come to a, a deep pool in a bend here with a couple of willows overhanging and I've always known it's a, a lovely section which should hold fish um, last time I was here did very well out of it and I've just had two very small 
wild browns, um, which is lovely to have them out of the river, although they're in here. Just seen a kingfisher go across the pool, uh, so there must be some small fish in there. Um, so that's really good news, virtually from the same place. Um, one came blind, one came up and arise. I'm going to carry on fishing through. I had some big fish out of here, but you know, fish move, so they may not be here again. And um, this is my last pool of the day, I think. Well, just got out of the river, taking my waders off, and uh, getting ready to go home. Uh, good few hours fishing. Um, some nice wild brown trout. Uh, it's good to see it's still breeding in the river. Small, but they'll grow on hopefully if they survive. We do have the problem with otters, a hell of a lot of poachers about as well. Um, anyway, I fished up uh, through uh, the, the bridge pool, across the ford, and then into uh, the ford pool, or a bit above the ford. And I've known there's been a trout in there for some time and I wanted to move it because it's probably one of the heaviest poach pools on the on the river. Though it's clearly signed as uh, no fishing, private fishing, etc. We still get uh, people coming up and poaching. So we've been trying to clear the fish from that pool, put them further downstream or uh, move them on, really. And I had a fish on and off. Uh, on a number of different occasions. Good fish, knew it was a, a good good two pounds at least. Um, I was fishing in the usual spots, not getting any response and uh, there was a, a big sort of jump out of the water down onto a, onto a fly sort of take, a very classic sedge take actually. So I had my little uh, black suspender um, parachute tackle fly which I've been fishing today and drifted it over no response so I thought last last idea I've got in there to uh, try and get it out was pull on a, one of my CDC sedge patterns one of the big ginger ones because it's a mouthful a bit coloured the water and I thought you'd be able to see it plus the rise told me something, probably after the little black ones rather than the, the big ginger, though I've seen a few out this morning. And I drifted up through and uh, that was just not working again. I kind of thought, well, so many times these fish get so wise they only will take upon a particular drift. So I thought, well, I may have miscalculated here so I will whack it up a bit closer to uh, the tree branches which were coming into the river and as soon as I did that and I got the right line up it came, sucked it down and this time I had it on so I've been able to take it downstream and hopefully it'll be a lot safer and happier um, rather than getting a spinner in its mouth or a worm. You have been listening to the Fly Fishing Podcast Season 2. You can find us on Vimeo, Facebook and YouTube at Fly Fishing Podcast. You can download us at iTunes at The Fly Fishing Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Fly Fishing Podcast. Go and like us, befriend us, follow us, 
review us. The Fly Fishing Podcast on Instagram, Vimeo, YouTube, Facebook and Tumblr. You also can find us on Facebook, flyfishing94, or just come to the website at www.flyfishingpodcast. Thanks for downloading. Go back to iTunes and get the next episode. Tight lines down.